Good afternoon, Chelsea fans, and uh, welcome along to our latest edition of our Football London Blue is the Colour podcast. Ollie Harbord with me today. How are you? Very well. How are you? Not too bad. Oh, you you were unable to make it to Wembley at the weekend. Unfortunately, I was a little bit ill, little so bit I couldn't Ill. make I couldn't make Sunday. Unfortunately, but Charles was there. Um, Looking after both clubs as he as he does he so wise. He, he did it did a very good job. He did a very good job. Yeah. I, I saw him going live from the Chelsea. Yeah, he paper. tried to keep some sort of balance as an Arsenal reporter, yeah. but he did his he did his best. He did well. And Kev, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good uh, stuff. What did you make of the game? We, we watched the game together. We did. What what did you what did you make of it? What do you make of Chelsea in that game? <sighs> it was it was a weird game. Mm. Neither side really was a full strength, so it was kind of hard to judge. But you know, the Murata stuff is interesting to me, yeah. and how Conte doesn't seem to be fully on board with him yet. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think the penalty miss is going to help. Well, I, I, I actually said to Kev during the game. I, rem- I remember at half time just thinking how low key the whole occasion was. Mm. It just felt really flat. There wasn't really the the tempo in the first half wasn't there. There was it, it didn't seem the kind of the urgency from either team it all seemed very and I know the Community Shield is a glorified friendly essentially yeah but, but you remember when you were a kid how much fun it was when you were mm. a kid it, it's, it's almost signifying a return of the season isn't it and it should have that kind of particularly Arsenal and Chelsea a London rivalry Chelsea needing needing really to, to get back you know some revenge for the FA Cup final and maybe put a bit of a statement out amidst all the uncertainty regarding you know Conte's um you know, transfer market demands to the board. He's not really getting his own way, and there were a few signs of frustration there on Sunday. So I don't know. It just felt a bit of an odd one to me. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's part of the fact that the FA have taken away the competitive edge to it as well. It doesn't have a competitive status anymore, does it? It's just a friendly. It's yeah. just another pre-season. It's like any other pre-season. So players are going to be rested. You know, there was no Sanchez, there was no Ozil, there was no Mustafi for Arsenal. There was no Hazard. Obviously, he was still injured. So it, you know, it, it did lack that quality, and it really showed. In the first half, I thought the second half was a bit better. Um, it did pick up a little bit. Obviously, Chelsea did pick up as well. Um, and it's just it's lost that it's lost something that's made it special. The Community Shield, I think. You know, the fact that it was um, it was it was it was sort of a tribute to the Grenfell Tower as well. That I thought that brought something back to it, though. I thought that was quite a nice yeah. touch. I think that was that was what they need to get back into the competition for that day. Anyway, is, is to maybe give it. A charity or something every year, and, and something to, to really focus all its energy on, um, because otherwise it's just going to get lost in the ether of being another friendly. That who you know, when it comes to the season, does it really matter at the end of the day? Absolutely. You mentioned Murata a moment ago, Kev. Were you surprised he didn't start him? And if if he was going to start him, do you think he he, he should have gone with him alongside Batshuayi, or would you have gone for Murata with Pedro and Willian in the front three? I'm not surprised he didn't start because I don't know if you remember about two weeks ago on this very podcast I said that I thought Bashuai was going to start the season yep. and as I recall you guys disagreed <laughs> I've never Hang disagreed with you guys we've never not, officially, not officially started the season we've not, yet, we've so. not officially gone in but he has a few days to stake his claim I just, anyway. he does but he, he hasn't done himself any favours and Conte doesn't seem convinced by him yet Uh He's spoken about his fitness levels not being quite where he wants to be. Conte obviously has a very high demand of where players need to be physically. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i not surprised he didn't start. Uh, I'm not sure you can really have the two of them together 
without changing that formation to a yep. to yep. A three five two. Yeah. Which would be interesting. I think that they could play quite well together. I, I think that could work. Because I think it should work. And I think that that's something they should try while Hazard's injured as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think it's a perfect opportunity to do that. I think I think if Bakayoko was fit, then he'd definitely something he would have done by now yeah. um, with playing Fabregas maybe in the top of that three. I think that with, you know, he could still do, do it with Willian and have Fabregas playing alongside Kante, but Fabregas doesn't have that natural holding ability that Bakayoko is going to bring. I think, yeah. we, I think we saw that at times, yeah, absolutely. At times on Sunday yeah. as well. There, uh, there were moments in the first half, I think Iwobi had acres of room to run into that Fabregas had just vacated. And it, it did seem in that kind of game when there was, Arsenal did have some pace on the counter. It got quite stretched. It didn't look like a, a measured Chelsea performance. It it, it did look like a, a side that's a little bit disjointed at the moment. No, and it's the same that we saw against Bayern and Inter in pre-season as well. That yeah. that the the two of Kanté and Fabregas just isn't quite working at the moment. No. There's not that same balance there that they had last season. And and maybe that's you know now that you know we talk about Matic from last season. Maybe you look at it and go, well, Mat- maybe Matic was a bigger part to play than than he sort of showed. But I still think. Bakayoko can be that role. I'd, I'd still like to see Fabregas play more than he did last season, but it's just not quite working at the moment. Something's not quite working in the middle of the park. Do you think if it went to a two up top, they could feasibly play a three-four-one-two long term with Hazard as that one behind Morata and Batshuayi, and then you have a four of Alonso or a new left wing back, Moses or a new right wing back, and then. Kante and Bakayoko say yeah I think I think that's there's something quite he picked up on in the last press conference he was asked about the formation and stuff and he's I think he's he doesn't want to change it yet because it worked so well last season the 3-4-3 you know he was talking about like changing the negatives but keeping the positives and working on those positives well as soon as 3-4-3 becomes a negative then I'm sure he will do and I think if Batshuayi and Morata find a way to look like they're going to work well together then you have to change it. You have to try and do what's best for the team, not what's happened before. It doesn't matter what's happened before. It's it's what happens when you've got the players. Matt, Morata hasn't been given a chance at all yet to show what he can do up top in his own. So that's going to be the really, really interesting one. He's, he started against Inter, but he started out on the left. He's you know he came on towards the end of the Community Shield when Chelsea weren't playing particularly well anyway. They were down. They were coming down to ten men as well with Pedro getting sent off. So he's not been given the chance yet, and it's quite interesting. You were talking about his, he's talking about his fitness levels before. Similar things he said about Batshuayi last season about how he has to continue to work harder and get to the level and the idea of football that he wants. Similar sort of thing, and, and it will take time for him to gel. Confidence a massive issue. Missing that penalty would have hurt him quite a lot, and if he tucked that away, then maybe that goes on and springboards yeah. him into other things, and it just hasn't done that. To to, to not even hit the target with mm. that penalty, I think is is the big part if it's saved it's saved but the fact that he doesn't even hit the target with that yeah I think from from my memory I think that might have been could have well have been his first shot as well for Chelsea in that whole of pre-season I don't remember him having another real chance yeah. during pre-season um, or a good chance anyway um, so it, it, was it was a real opportunity a half chance I would argue but from, from Willian yeah. yes yeah, yeah, outside yeah of, fair enough outside yeah. of the football yeah, that was quite area. a tough chance that you'd yeah. say for, he's, at, yeah. he's at an angle but do you think as a result I mean you'd think if he was going to start Morata against Burnley he would have given him longer than he did against Arsenal do you, do you now think Kev is going to <laughs> rule supreme over all of us and, and be 
vindicated in thinking Batshuayi's going to start. Well, if you look at what they have done over pre-season, then yeah, you've got to say that Batshuayi holds the shirt, doesn't he? He's he's the one who's played the majority of the games. He scored and played well. And yeah, and played well. Scored five goals. Um, but if you're going to bring in a Morata, if you're going to give him a chance to start, then surely Burnley at home first game of the season is the time to start him ahead of Spurs the week after at Wembley. Will he, will he see like, like that? I don't know. Obviously, he wants, he needs to get three points to just calm the nerves a little bit of what's going on around at the moment. I'd like to see Morata start. I'd like to see him just start in his natural position because we're, we're judging him on performances that yeah. we can't really judge him on particularly well because he's not being given the chance to sort of play where he wants to play. Do you think, obviously, this is probably the least of Chelsea's problems in the transfer market now because they have actually got him, but the how long it took to get that deal over the line and the, the delay has kind of created a few question marks it's meant that Bash, they've had to kind of throw all the eggs into the Batshuayi basket over pre-season do you think that delay is going to hinder Chelsea because now Morata is, is going to just have to get up to speed very quickly he's not had that full pre-season to, to be bedded in yeah well, it seems that the Willy Caballero deal was the only one that seemed to go through quite quickly. Yeah. You know, the Bakayoko one dragged on and on and on. Uh, same with Murata. And it's it's weird to me when you've got a manager like Kante who has a very specific idea of what he wants, especially in terms of fitness, to allow someone like that to start his preseason with a different club and then go get him. Yeah. And obviously there are other factors at play and other things get in the way but Conte says he's, he, what, he wants four more players mm. before the window closes and the season will have already begun at that stage because yep. let's be honest you're probably not going to get much done between now and the beginning of the season because you know you're running out of time Absolutely well we're not expecting any imminent progress are we Ollie? Well I think the one that, that probably is, is likeliest to come which I'm not sure is going to really appease many Chelsea fans is Danny Drinkwater I think is the one that looks like if it's going to go through any quicker than any others because yeah. you know if they want to throw money at it they can do um, Leicester I'm sure you know Drinkwater's going to want to make the move to Chelsea isn't he it, it has the feeling of a sort of Scott Parker Steve Sidwell sort of feeling to it to yeah. me because I can't see in my eyes I can't see what Drinkwater is going to add to that squad apart from depth I can't see him starting. No. I, I can't see if I was if I was there. I, all I'd be thinking of is either getting a Ross Barkley in or an Alex Oxlade Chamberlain in, because at least they bring some versatility. Barkley can play a bit more forward. He can play in different positions. Oxlade Chamberlain can obviously play right wing back as well. Um, Drinkwater is just an out as out central midfielder who doesn't provide too much going forward. You know, he obviously had a good link up with Vardy the season before, but he didn't provide much last season. It just seems like that's probably the one deal that's going to get done before any others, and I'm not sure it's going to you, appease many fans. Do you think Conte is intrigued by the Kante Drinkwater partnership from Leicester's title win? Because that's kind of almost been, in my mind, a bit overlooked with that. Because a, a lot of people, after Kante left Leicester for Chelsea, then kind of, you know. F- flipped it on Drinkwater and said well this this exposes you know Drinkwater's limitations he's a nothing footballer without Kante do you I mean I, I, I personally see it as a bizarre signing because I, I, I agree I think he's probably not going to start he probably will jump at the opportunity to go but I don't know what 
yeah, he for me, you'd probably say he's going to be the fourth choice, mm. and yeah. he is limited to playing in a central midfield role. But I do just wonder if Conte, that is part of his thinking of of how impressive Conte and Drinkwater functioned as a unit, and whether he he thinks he can replicate that in any way. I mean, that could could be a reason, but I'll be honest with you. Even when Leicester were playing really well and winning, I was never really blown away by Drinkwater. You know, I don't think anyone really was. Mm. It was he was never the guy who you looked to in that Leicester team. And I'll tell you what he he adds that they don't currently have is he's English, he's homegrown, and they need to hit that quota because we were looking at the squad Mm. earlier. At the moment, it's Gary Gayhill and Lewis Baker, the only two English players in that squad, and Baker's going to go out alone somewhere. So you've got to find a way to to bring that quota up. You've got, you know, Fabregas with his time at Arsenal qualifies and you know some of the other lads as well, but they're very close to missing out now. Yeah, it also screams a little bit of who else is out there as well that they realistically think they could get. And I just don't. The options aren't massively. I think they, you know, they offered Chalaber a new deal. They wanted to keep Chalaber. We know that, but he wanted to move elsewhere. He wanted to go and play football, which is, I, I, you know, I, which is the right decision for him. I think the Chalaber thing is going to hurt them a lot in yeah. terms of how that looks from the outside as well mm. because anyone that they bring in is in that kind of role in that position is going to have to know we're bringing you in but Bakayoko and Kante are the two that we want to start you're going to have to be okay with getting game time you know, wherever you can get it and the fact that Chalaba has already said I sat on the bench for long enough and you didn't give me the game time that you promised so I have to go to Watford that's really going to hurt them I think yep mm. And I think that he just he had to make that decision. And I think it's the right one for him. I, and obviously, oh, right you know, he's spoken to to Conte or he's spoken to whoever, and they probably not promised in any more game time this season. And this is the this is the thing. I mean, Drinkwater probably will be happy to just come to the Premier League champions, get to play a bit of Champions League football. I'm sure, and you know, he'll be part of whatever squad. But I just don't see it improving them at all. I just don't. No. For me, I just I, I'd be focusing on other targets that desperately needed. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a minute about where where they need to strengthen most. I mean, they do need to strengthen central midfield. I just think there are other areas where they need to they could they could go for other players they could go for ahead of Drinkwater. Well, Cahill hit the nail on the head, didn't he, after the after the game on Sunday and saying he he actually looked at the back of the program in comparison to Arsenal's squad, and I I just I do wonder Conte has just been so. It's not even as if there's been a second consideration. He's been so intent on trimming a squad which was already quite mm. thin. It wasn't. It wasn't a bloated squad by any means. I mean, on the you know contrasting side, Wenger's after that game bemoaned that he had too many players, and it was just like a, a real juxtaposition between the two. I, I, there's been an obsession, I think, of, of talking about Leicester and Chelsea's title wins and how they came to rely on you know. You know, barely any players at all, like a squad of 13, 14 people. Mm. But you've got a Champions League campaign to deal with now. And I, I think Chelsea is so ill equipped. I, I, I cannot see any way right now that they can make they can make a sustained push on either front. Because I they will get injuries. They will and they will get injuries as a byproduct of having fewer players because that is going to increase 
the wear and tear mm. on each player because yeah. they're playing more. I mean, this is why I, I couldn't quite understand why they've done so many loan deals early on. Yeah, We, we always know that Chelsea are going to do loan deals. That's the way it works. I mean, 25, they've already loaned out. But there are some players in there that just would have added to their squad and would have, you know, you've got the likes of Ayana going to Hull, Loftus-Cheek off to Crystal Palace, Abraham going to... Um, Going to Swansea, and you know the likes of Izzy Brown, Casey Palmer, exactly, and Zuma, another one going to Stoke. You know, I understand why they've gone because they need game time themselves. But why do it so early? Why not wait until you've got the players in? I mean, these clubs would have taken those players anyway towards the end. I'm sure that you know they would have found somewhere to take them on loan. Yeah, and they've just done it so early, and they've now found themselves in a position, sort of looking around, going, "I don't have enough players." what it also does is it weakens their position in the transfer mm. market yep. because yeah. clubs are looking at them now mm. and thinking they are desperate and yeah. Leicester will and, and they are yeah absolutely I mean Leicester will probably I, I agree I think they will probably allow Drinkwater to go I think they probably do see him as a fairly key player in that team but I think if the, if the right price came but even yeah. then that's going to be an inflated transfer because they know that they can command top dollar from them it doesn't seem to me, and I think Conte's mannerisms on Sunday were were telling. I mean, mm. there's the, the video clip that kind of went viral of him going up and receiving his runners-up medal and Emanalo and Bruce Buck being mm. up there in the Royal Box. And I mean, that exchange seemed frosty, to say, yeah. to say the very least. There, there seems to be a real underlying tension. And I don't, I don't know about you, but after what happened between the... 14-15 title win and then what unravelled later I feel like you know something really needs to happen in these next in the, well before the deadline yeah, they I think need a statement the other thing what it's done is cre- as you're sort of saying there is it's created a negativity there that shouldn't be there for a Premier League champions there shouldn't be yeah. a negativity no. at all they, they should be looking to build on it and they're just not at the moment and there's a negativity amongst fans that you know it is a bit split because some fans are saying well hold on a second the season's not even started yet we might be fine it's not looking great it's really not but you know let's wait until we're actually a few games in but then they are as you say the other the other side of it they're looking back to the 15-16 season thinking oh Christ here we go again it's, it's just going to be the same mistakes over and over again um, will Conte last till December? You know, we've already got people like Jamie Carragher coming out saying he can't see him staying until um, until Christmas. Uh, you know, Chris Sutton saying the same thing. All the airwaves on there are already talking about Conte leaving, and it's just creating a negativity around the champions who should be going into some sort of this next season with some positivity. Yeah, I don't think Conte's helped in that regard. No. You know, he signed the new deal but didn't extend. No. Uh, he. He denies it, but there are rumblings every week out of Italy that he's trying to get out of his contract. He's trying; to, he wants to go back. Um, and you know, the last two Premier League defending champions, their managers didn't make it to the end of the season. Mm. Even Leicester, like that was bonkers. But that's another story. But yeah, I it it does look like the pressure is getting to Conte in some regard. He's getting very agitated, and it's not quite clear what his plan is even if he brings in four more players like he says it's still a small squad yeah. and it's still a squad with, a, with players like Fabregas and Bakayoko who have bad injury histories and Kante who's played pretty much every game for the last two years so he's kind of overdue for a bad injury really not that you would wish it upon anyone but you know 
these are very serious issues that don't seem to be really taken into account mm. again it, it's a back free as well that at the moment looks looks unchallenged I, I, I can't get my head around the Ake stuff No. how, how Nathan Ake has been treated since Christmas recalling him from loan and then not using him and then just selling him it, none of that makes any sense to me it, it doesn't scream we have a plan it, it really seems like they're kind of just winging it and hoping that it works out. And as you said, Oxley Chamberlain and Barkley would be players that would give you naturally that versatility. Ake was there. Mm. He, he was he was an option in so many areas for Chelsea and performed well, I thought, against Spurs in the, in the semi-finals in the FA Cup. In a big game as well, in a, you know, a high-octane environment. I, I, I just can't... I can't get my head around it. What I wanted to ask you, Ollie, was... I know we've said it was a friendly on Sunday and you shouldn't read an awful lot into it. But do you think if they'd have won on Sunday, it would have just lifted the, the gloom slightly and alleviated a little bit of pressure? Yeah, I think I think absolutely. It would have taken some momentum into to Saturday. That's that's for sure. And it would have, you know, it would have just lifted some of what's happened over the, you know the time over Singapore. I think it was a pretty tough week. I think on and off the pitch, it wasn't a great time. Yeah. Um, so it would have just lifted that a little bit and it would have maybe calmed everyone, every fan's nerves and gone, well, hold on a, a second. And, I mean, you look at it, I mean, it was a defeat, right? But it was, it was a one-all at the end of 90 minutes and it went to penalties. If you call that a, a defeat, then, you know, that's I guess that's the way the, the competition works. But if it was a Premier League game... But then, as I say, you know, Arsenal didn't have Sanchez, they didn't have Ozil. You know, Chelsea are going to be without Hazard for a few, few games at least. Um it would have lifted something, but it would have just, I think, over, just papered over the cracks. I don't think it would have solved anything whatsoever. It might have just given the team a bit of a boost. But again, they're going to go into a, another game, probably their sixth game in a row, where they'll be playing the exact same eleven, uh, with no one really pushing for a starting place, apart well, from maybe Morata. When You kind of have to go back to Mourinho, don't pre-Mourinho, for the last time a Chelsea manager had a losing record against Arsenal. Yeah, probably, yeah. And is that kind of seems to be a bit of a worry? Maybe that if you can't can't do it against Arsenal, can you really be expecting that Chelsea have had a stranglehold over for so so long in yeah. the last ten or so years? Yeah, I kind of get that, but I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's. T- I mean, you look and, at what and, happened. And, and the arg- they dismantled argu- them in the league. Arguably, the worst Arsenal team for a very long time as well. Yeah, there's still a bit of quality in that team. Not, not. It's not a dreadful Arsenal team. Yeah, but they're, it's not they're, a great Arsenal. It team. was the first Arsenal team to finish outside the top four for twenty years. Yeah, that's true. You would have hoped. You would have hoped so. But I mean, again, you you could come back to if some other players were fit as well. And Pedro's just coming back from his facial injuries as well. There were, yeah. you know, factors to it. Um, Who did you make the red card, by the way? Didn't think it was a red card at all. I thought it was a yellow card. Definitely, it wasn't a good challenge. Um, for it to be a straight red card seemed a, an orange. An orange, an orange, yeah, an orange card. Um, maybe that's that the chest. maybe that's the one where it should be a sin bid for a couple of. Well, no, it wasn't a great challenge at all, but no. a red card. I mean, I think that was a bit in the context of the game. I thought it was a bit over the top. Don't don't know if any of our listeners watch Gaelic football. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big but, shout. But, but I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> but in, in, in Gaelic football, there there is a black card, which is halfway between a yellow and a red. And if you get a black card, you get sent off. But the the team can replace you with another player so maybe football need to 
Mm. He's just, just, they've just been bouncing those sort of ideas around a while, haven't they? The green yeah. card in hockey and things like that. And yeah. Been trying to think about Sinbin, obviously, in rugby. Maybe that can come into it. I just didn't. I thought it was just a bit, you know, that and the, the ABBA system. Well, I was as well. just about to say, talking to reviewing formats, yeah. Cahill hated it and he was quite vocal about hating it as well. Yeah. He said he got confused. I think Monreal got called back as he went to go and take his penalty, which just summed up. Mm. The whole confusion about it. You quite liked it. I, think, I like didn't it. You? I like you it. Didn't. So I don't get it. Either side of the, either side of the microphone. What's the you know, point? You guys take it away. What's I, the point of changing it? Just I leave it as things. I don't get what's confusing about it. I don't think there's anything confusing about it. I think, but I just don't understand what's the point of it. Well, they they, they did studies and found basically the team that goes first has an advantage in penalty shoots. Well, win the shoots. win the coin toss then and go first. But that's second. That's but, point. That's but, part of it, isn't it? But that's, that's, an, part of the but that's entirely arbitrary, you know. Well, it's not. Heads or tails? Yeah, which is 50-50. entirely arbitrary. I just, I just don't understand the point. I just don't. I, it's one of these. It's another rule change that just changes. They, they have to make. They have to change something every year. It's just like, right, what can we do to change football? Will it help? Pff, don't know. Might help one team. Won't help the other. So then, what difference does it make? You're only. You're just passing the advantage over to another side that had the advantage last. They didn't have the advantage last time. So why change it? Because well, you're still going to have the unfair advantage anyway. Well, this is supposed to take away any advantage on either side. But there's a couple of times it's been used. It's shown the advantage to one side over the other, isn't it? Because if you if you miss your penalty, then you're already up well up against it. Yeah, you miss your first penalty. You can by the time you're taking you're next two one, nil down and the pressure is massively on. Yeah, this, this is what I just don't understand. Why? What was the point of it? I like it. I think I think it gives a chance to build a bit of momentum in a penalty shootout, which you don't really get a chance to do. But I don't I don't get how. Professional footballers can fail to hit the target from twelve yards. <laughs> it's a big shout. Were you, yeah. were you impressed with anyone for Chelsea? <laughs> um, on a completely yeah, no, I thought, um, that, That's a harsh question. I was impressed by David Luiz. Uh, I think he's over pre-season. I think he's been pretty secure and solid, and yeah. showed good composure again as he has all, all basically ever since he's returned to Chelsea. Um, Victor Moses was okay as well. You know, took his took his goal well. I thought Kante was, you know, he wasn't. He, I think Xhaka and Delaney had a good game, a very good game. Kante was back to a, a little bit of what we've what we've seen from him before. I thought in pre-season he was very, very poor out in the Far East. I thought he he did not have good games at all. His passing was all over the place. Do you think he's tired? <sighs> he probably is a li- maybe he is a little bit. I mean, he's had a bit of a summer off though. He didn't play in any of the confederations. Think, do you think the pitches might have affected him a little bit? <laughs> Potentially, but he looked worse than most of the other players out there and so yeah. it's the same pitch for everyone isn't it and there were some mm. decent performances out there and not so good for him um, but I thought he was back to, to a, a good level a level that we're supposed to you know regularly those I'd say that was probably in his Premier League uh, games his maybe not the best day but it was back to a sort of level we'd like to see and the um, disappointments um, the disappointments. I don't think Alonso's had a particularly great pre-season. And I think there's some question marks over him. We're on a poll on our, our Chelsea Twitter account today, and mm. I think we had over 60% of fans that wanted Alexandro yeah, as the, as the priority. Yeah, I think that's that's the key. I, not necessarily just to replace Alonso, because I think he's had, he had a good season last season, but they need backup massively it's such a niche position yeah. and, the, and in pre-season every time we've seen Alonso come off they've moved either Moses out there or Aspilicueta out there and neither of them are left wing backs neither of them are properly equipped to play that role 
of going around the flank and, and you know with the left foot swinging a ball in and because it is one of those positions where you, you kind of do need a bit of a left foot as well because yeah. um, you've got you've got Hazard there anyway all cut in or you've got Pedro cutting in um, so yeah I'd say that him and I didn't think Pedro despite from the red card he didn't have a great game either so there were there was definitely some disappointments in there you know who I thought was good and haven't really seen get much credit. I know he misses penalty, but Courtois. Yeah, I did as well. I thought he had quite a good game. Yeah, and he, he made a couple of very, very good saves. He's, he's really the Jacker one was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant save. Brilliant yeah. save. He's really taken the, the the next step, isn't he? Because you know when you know he forced check out, he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations from his time at Atletico. Mm. I think he, he looks like he's ready to make that next step this season. I still think it's a shame that they haven't got a keeper that's going to push him for that place. A yeah. keeper that's really going to, you know, if they brought in the likes of Pickford or someone, um, you know, they've gone for a safe option. They've gone for a number two. knows he's going to be number two. He's happy. Well, he might not be happy overall, but he knows that he's going to get some EFL Cup games. He's going to get some game time, but he's not going to be number one. And... That I think that's that does affect players as well. You're not being pushed to that next level, and he's. I think it's a big season for Courtois to show. I mean, he won the Golden Glove last year, yep. and so you know, I think it'll be another big season for him. Okay, then, just to conclude, uh, we'll talk about the Burnley game very briefly. Um, but what is what is the next step for Chelsea? Do, uh, obviously, Virgil Van Dijk um, yesterday evening came out with a statement. Um, basically submitting a, a formal transfer request to Southampton. Their stance on a deal is believed to be sort of, you know, un- unchanged despite that. Liverpool and Chelsea, the front runners, Man City and Arsenal have kind of been tentatively linked. If I'm Antonio Conte, I would be moving heaven and earth to make that signing, personally. I really, really would. Mm. I think that is the the statement they need and it, it seems as if the Alexandro deal is looking harder to complete mm. Juventus are dig- really digging their heels in my personal belief on Van Dijk is that he will get his move I, I cannot see no. personally how he no. can possibly play for Southampton again after this I think this. when a player comes out and does that it's very very hard for it to it's, an, it's the nuclear out. option isn't it mm. absolutely you've, you've just completely scorched the earth behind you mm. Southampton are going to say that they're not selling until they announce the sale of Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, would, you, would you? Would he be the... I'd love to. I think he's, I think he's a very, very good defender. Um, I'd like to see him, but I just, again, I just think that they've got other issues at the moment that need solving first, and him coming into this team doesn't help solve any of those other issues. He doesn't help push anyone out to the left wing back. Yeah. Or he doesn't help anything... I don't know where he fits because the one who you would think that he would displace would be Cahill but Cahill is the captain for the season mm. I, I, I think you have to move Azpilicueta out to a right wing back role and I think if you but, but, if, but, but then what you have is you basically you've spent all this money on Van Dijk and all this money on Rudiger for only one of them to actually play but my issue with the Chelsea defence at the moment is I feel like that back three is so untouchable. And I think, again, as Oli said with Courtois, that perhaps brings its own issues of complacency. And I, I do, I honestly do not think Rudiger, I, again, Rudiger didn't link up late uh, until late with mm. the squad. I think there's a feeling there that he probably won't be ready for a while. He's coming from Serie A. 
which okay, you know, renowned for producing great defenders, but I don't get the impression either him or Christensen are there yet. And also, I think when you've got three positions like that, you need you need six options, and Chelsea have got Chelsea got five feasibly at the moment. Yeah. I think as good as Moses was, um, I thought you, I thought you was impressive against Arsenal. I still worry about him from a defensive perspective. And if you, for me, if you do go out and get an, Ale- an Alexandro and a, a really attack-minded, he is a fullback by by trade, but he is a very attack-minded one. I think you need that balance on the other side. And I, I think as as would offer you that there. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Burnley because obviously Moses can't play because he's suspended. So yeah, there'll be the you know it'll be the option of does he play Pedro right wing back, which he did quite a few last season. So because of course he's available, yeah, despite the red card, despite the red card, yeah. it's, it's a competitive friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that that's that could be the way he wants to go. Pedro right wing back. He might then start Morata on the left. And, does he push through in these and that's why. He, or does he push for a new signing? But I, I mean, if I was if I was Conte looking at it, and he's not going to get Alexandro, I think the one Southampton player he probably needs to focus on is is Ryan Bertrand. Over that, I think that if he if he can only get one Southampton player, if he can only throw money at Southampton for one, probably that. But then, as I was saying before, in in the office, I was saying you know if, if City get Van Dijk, I think just wrap up the title and give it to him because I think that's that done, and I think that he could he could be that good a player for them. Yeah, I think you've got to make City the favourites going mm. into this season, don't you? Where are we? Okay, where are we? We'll we'll talk about Burnley briefly. Um, where we? Where are we? Where are we going to place Chelsea for this season? Let's give our predictions for um, the, just the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, what do we think? As it stands at the moment, I think Chelsea will do well with top four. As it stands, I think they will find it hard to push for the Premier League and I think if they I think quarterfinals Champions League is probably a good result from um, and yeah I'm kind of with Kev at the moment you're looking at it City look pretty decent yeah if you know if nothing changes this Chelsea squad is too small so as things stand I would say they would be very happy with the fourth place because that that squad is going to be so thin and you know a second round exit from the Champions League they they seriously need to add more people very quickly do you expect them to? yeah I don't think they have a choice do you, they, they do you have expect to. them to get all four? I think they will bring in four players I don't know if they'll get the, 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 four, players. the four players that they want I think you might end up with people like Drinkwater who are you know squad players squad players who will fit the quota who can slot in when someone inevitably gets injured and you're kind of just going to have to you know grin and bearish and hope that the injuries aren't too long and what do we think of Burnley bit of a banana skin in some respects it almost looks like the ideal home game to get your Premier League campaign up and running nice 2-0 home win but I I, I think this this is a lot more difficult than meets the eye with this game I, I really do I don't Really. I, th- I think Burnley are quite weak. Yeah, um, I, I've I've backed Burnley to go down. Um, I think oh, wow. they they had such a poor away record last yep. season. I think they can't do what they did at home this season. No. I just can't see it. And I just think that they haven't really added a great amount in quality. Particularly, they've lost. You know, Michael Keane obviously is gone, and he was a big big part of their team. Yeah. 
I think it, I think this is probably the perfect game for Chelsea to have because I think it should be and I think it will be a comfortable two maybe three nil. I, I don't think you can get you couldn't ask for a better first game, mm. especially with the situation Chelsea are in, because you know say you get Huddersfield or someone who might be a worse team, but they're going to have the high of their first ever Premier League yep. game. Mm. Burnley, you know, they've been in the Premier League before. They, you know, survived last season, but I agree, they can't do what they did last year. Mm. You just can't fail to turn yeah. up away from home that consistently and, and stay in the Premier League two years in a row. I think what might help them a little bit as well, the fact it's not on TV, the fact it's a Saturday, three o'clock, yeah. there's no hype around the game, yep. it's very much under the radar, there's no, you know, people in the, in the commentary box beforehand talking about how this could be a massive big slip up for Chelsea it's just going to go ahead the game will go ahead and it'll be on match of the day whatever but it, it's not going to be live on TV or anything so I think that might help them a little bit just just ease into the Premier League yeah. season I think you know when the fixtures came out and we were thinking why are they not on the TV Conte's probably thinking that's a great thing that we're not that yeah. we can just get into the season because if they drop points at the weekend they're in trouble because the second game yeah is massive yeah. huge game yeah so. absolutely so predictions we're going for 2 I'm going 3-0 three 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 0 I think. Uh, I'm going to say three one. Specifically because I I know someone listening is going to hate that that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, I I think we've got through a fair amount. Now, Not giving we? a prediction then. I was going out. completely against the grain, wasn't I? I was suggesting Burnley might. T- I, I think two one Chelsea. Okay. I, I I really don't think they're going to have it all their own way this weekend, and I'm probably one of very few people that think that. I I honestly think as unfashionable a signing as he is, I think someone like Jonathan Walters for Burnley will be a brilliant signing. I really do, and I I I feel like they will cause Chelsea a few issues at the weekend because I, I, of the pressure surrounding them. I mm-hmm. I feel like Chelsea, wherever they look at the moment. There's scrutiny and there's there's criticism of of how everything's kind of unravelled since since May and and the FA Cup final was probably a bit of a precursor. It was a, it was an awful way to end the season. All the Costa stuff, which is almost you know we're not mm. even talked about in this mm. podcast, but that that is simmering in the background. They've allowed they've allowed Matic to go to Manchester United. And I think all three of us last season probably spoke about Chelsea's need for an upgrade on Matic, but. You know, loads of people are now saying, "Well, you know, Manchester United are, you know, possibly looking like title contenders now. They've got Matic, which seems like a bizarre dynamic shift that mm. Chelsea are now possibly, as as we said, as things stand, top four would be a pretty, you know, a pretty decent yeah. achievement." All in all. Well, I I don't think they're going to have it all their own way either. I think Burnley are going to push them for the first fifty or sixty minutes, but then they'll get Quality a goal. Through that will you know break the camel's back and yep. then it'll be comfortable for the last 20 minutes or so brilliant mm. okay lads thank you um as ever in fact in fact worth worth just flagging to chelsea fans that we will be talking to uh, none other than frank lampard um at, a, at an event tomorrow to celebrate him him joining bt sport as one of their pundits for the season um do tweet us uh, at chelsea underscore fl with any questions you might have for uh, for Frank um, and uh, we'll we'll be back at some point next week um, with the latest Blue is the Colour podcast thanks for joining us again and we'll talk to you very soon